Hey guys, Naya here. Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who have found us across social media at Shut the Door Podcast, who shared your comments, asked questions, and overall just given us your support. We are so grateful. Thank you. If you'd like to be featured in one of our next episodes, please download the Anchor app and leave us a voice message. We can't wait to hear from you. In this week's episode, we discuss Serena Williams' inspiring stand against sexism at the U.S. Open, Nike's new Colin Kaepernick ad, and what happens when reality doesn't live up to expectations. All right, let's start the show. Okay, shut the door. If anyone's been following the news, you know that there's been quite a disturbance because Serena's being treated unfairly. Yeah. Just to give a, a little background, the umpire said that her coach was coaching her from the stands by giving her a thumbs up. So what is a thumbs up? What is that communicating to her? Not a thing. Okay? Like, not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> not a thing at all. And so he gave her a warning for that. And Serena made it very clear Listen, I'm not cheating because that's what it implies. I'm not cheating. I'd rather lose than to cheat. She made it very clear. Then her point violation was because she hit her racket on the ground because she wasn't playing to the game. She knew she could. She got passionate about it and she hit her her racket on the ground. She was frustrated. Yeah, she was frustrated. Yeah. So she hit her racket on the ground. Have you ever seen men do that in tennis? Never. Never. Okay. Valid. Valid. (laughs) Then the third one, she was upset that the umpire was trying to imply that she was trying to cheat based on the coaching violation she received earlier. So she wanted the umpire to apologize because she knows her daughter's going to be watching. Even if her daughter can't comprehend right now, her daughter will be watching in the future. And she wants her daughter to know she's a woman of virtue and she's out here playing her game without cheating. Right. So she said to the umpire... You stole from me because you stole a point. Right. So she said to him, you're a thief. Mm -hmm. And I think that hurt his male ego. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he gave her a game violation. So after she told him he was a thief, that's when he gave her the game violation? Yes. Okay. Okay. And immediately she asked for the tournament rep. And they came out and she said, in the moment, men have said far worse than this. Yeah. Other men, tennis players, obviously. Mm -hmm. And have not been treated in this way. Yeah. I know that I read about some tennis players and the only one, I'm not, I don't follow tennis, so I can't tell you a bunch of famous tennis players, but I know Andre Agassi was one who Mm -hmm. apparently had a bad temper Mm -hmm. on the court, Mm -hmm. never got penalized Mm -hmm. for much worse behavior than what she you know exhibited yeah and so it's really unfortunate that it is. Women are, they have to fight so much harder and be so much more composed than men to achieve hopefully or maybe not even the same level of respect right like let's be clear about who serena williams is she's not just a tennis athlete this chick is a beast okay 
she has been named athlete of the year. And it seems like when she is being passionate about her craft, that the ref isn't here for it. Yeah. Because she's being hysterical. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. that word, right? There's that word again, right? Because that's. You know, I watched the clip of her going off on the ref. And if that's what going off looks like, I'm really disappointed in her performance because. Right. <laughs> Um, she was so much more composed than I think that I would be in a situation like that. This is, you know, this is her reputation on, you know, and that her daughter will be looking back on. Yeah. And so, you know, the fact that she was able to clearly express how wrong the situation was and granted there was emotion involved, but she was able to express what was wrong right. with how he was handling the situation in such a clear way and a rational way, even though there was emotion involved, right. is incredible right. because I can't do that. Let's be clear. There was passion in her voice, for sure. But she acted with a ton of restraint as yes, well. Yes, I agree. You know, and I, I want to be clear. This is not male bashing or anything. There have been a couple of her counterparts on the male side who have come over to support her. But the point is, if that is a tennis association rule, you got to apply the rule evenly to everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the minute you don't... You get this backlash. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, it's kind of... It's not good that this happened at all. But... To somebody as high profile as her, yeah. it's good because she can bring real attention to it Absolutely. and hopefully make a change. Absolutely. So. You know, it feels sometimes that both men and women somehow find the success of women very intimidating. Yeah. And that when a woman is at the height of her career or an industry or a profession that woman becomes incredibly threatening to the people around her. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what this thing is with Serena, mm -hmm. you know? It's really sad. Like, I know I've been, I've been treated very nicely when I walk around with them. Hi. Good to see you. Okay, I'll see you next time. Voice, you know? But if I come into a conference room and I'm like, no, I don't think that's the way it should go, or you have busted your budget, do you have an explanation for that? Or can we stay on track? We have to end this meeting on time. I am treated very differently. Yeah. And nobody likes the Naya who bosses up. Yeah. Well, I just want to chime in and say I love the Naya who bosses up. <laughs> it makes me so happy. You know what? Thank you. Because I kind of like her too. Sometimes I feel like I just got to... I, I have to take the sideways glances and I have to take the disapproving looks of me bossing up and just literally lean into that mess yeah you know because yeah. haters gonna hate <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's funny because when I get the when I have those moments and people kind of give me those looks I I kind of enjoy it I know I remember one time you told me <laughs> they call you the well, the police the police yes. <laughs> That's, that's something I'm really proud of. Like when I go tell people that, they think that I'm offended, but I am proud of that. Yeah. Um, 
But speaking of leaning in, uh-huh. um, that there's that book that Sheryl Sandberg wrote, Lean In. Yeah. And she talked a lot about moving forward in your career without alienating your peers and the people around you. Mm-hmm. And she kind of talked about how you want to be nice about it. Right. And you have to really walk this fine line, which... I get what she was trying to say, but at the same time, why why do I, right. as a woman, right. have to be so careful right. to make sure that I don't upset anybody when a man can walk in and say whatever he wants, scream at the top of yes, his lungs or something across the room, and it's okay. It really is. But if I do it, I'm hysterical. Y- or you're being uptight, mm-hmm. or you're being sassy. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one before. Or I wonder how many men say, must be that time of the month. Oh my word, <laughs> let me tell, I can't even. You know, like, it's just, it's, we're, we're professionals. And we take ourselves seriously and we take our work seriously. But when we come off as being about our business, oh, Andy's so uptight. Naya's so sassy. It's like, no, I'm here to do my job. And if you could focus on doing yours, we'd be just fine. Yeah. And so like, I, I, I do hear what she's saying though, because it, it is a fine line if you want to be light. Yeah. And to be fair, right? There is a benefit to being light. A huge, huge benefit, benefit to being right? Nice. But I think there's also there's a little bit of yourself you have to sacrifice, yeah, to to get there. I'm not willing to. I I just I don't have it in me. I will say this. I'm kind of embarrassed to say there have been times where I said thank you at the end of it just to be like pretty it up. Why? <laughs> like, well, some, you know, I. I get what you're saying because there are instances where I do that as well, but it's more a matter of you got to get stuff done. Yeah. And some if somebody's angry at you or bitter with you for whatever reason, they may say, "Oh, forget, forget Naya. I'll I'll handle that later," or whatever. I don't, you know, I'm not going to help her out because she's she's being sassy, right? Or whatever, right? Um, so I think that I tend to do that as well. But as far as being somebody that's liked all the time, I am going to still do my best to hold people accountable yeah. because I just can't. There have been moments where I have, mm-hmm. and I I hate yeah. myself after. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know we've talked about yes. this before, and it yes. just I feel dirty. Exactly, like you've given it, you've 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 sacrificed a piece of yourself. Yeah, and so that's why, like, just taking it back to Serena real quick. That's why I'm like, yeah, girl, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't let this dude, and it could have been a woman, whoever it is, but don't let this 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 umpire treat you differently because you're a beast yeah because you're at the top of your game mm-hmm. because you're willing to give it your all yeah if they're not going to treat you the same as the men you let them know yeah and yeah. you let them know because the future generation which includes your daughter is watching and as a woman you're gonna stand tall yes she is. so that other women who come behind you will not have to walk the same treacherous path that you've had to. Yeah. Well said.
So with all of Serena's frustrations at the U.S. Open, there was one really, I don't know that it was necessarily related to the U.S. Open, but one really positive thing that came out recently was Nike. Yeah. They had an ad Mm -hmm. um, with Serena Williams highlighted in it. Do you want to share what what the headline was? Yes. So just to give a little background, Serena, when she was at the French Open, she wore what people are calling a cat suit. I think it looks more like a compression suit, if anything. Serena has circulation issues. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an embolism at one point, and so she's concerned about her health. So she wore a compression suit to kind of help her. Well, the people at the French Open were very unpleased with her choice of attire. Yeah, that makes sense. you know i've seen the picture of this so-called cat suit suit, and it is exactly with the exception of the length of the pants what i wear when i work out on a regular basis god bless so this is why i love nike they came out in support of our girl serena and said you can take the superhero out of her costume but you can never Take away her superpowers. Yes. What? I love that. Love Nike. Nike's been on point lately. They, yeah. You know, it's funny because I've never really been a big, like, it's not been a brand that I have focused on. Right. You know, I'm not a loyalist. brand loyal yeah. to any sort of sporting gear. You know, I find something I like and I get it. But whatever they're doing right now makes me want to go buy Nike products. You yeah. Know, I, I'm ready to go and just like find anything Nike and buy it because they're, they're, they're doing it right now. They are. But you know what's funny? As much as we are impressed by what Nike is doing, there is a whole sector of people who feel the exact opposite. Yeah, what's up with that? I couldn't tell you. Well, I can tell you. So here's the thing. It's because they chose to use Colin Kaepernick as the center of their ad campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, um, I'm probably going to butcher it because I don't have it in front of me, but there's an ad with his, you know, it's a real close-up of his Mm -hmm. face and it says, stand up for what you believe in, even if it means losing everything or, or, or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, that just, I don't know, that spoke to my heart because, you know, mm-hmm. that's, people don't stand up for what they believe in often enough. You know, a lot of us are just so complacent. With and afraid, to be honest with you, afraid of losing things. Yeah, that's a good point. Because Colin lost. He did. But now he's winning. Now he's winning. Win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never... He's known... By people who are not regular football watchers, people like myself. And me. And you. I became aware of him because he chose to peacefully protest the flag, the national anthem, at the football games by kneeling. And he was peacefully protesting the injustices that he felt people of color were receiving at the hands of policemen or those who were charged with actually protecting us right yeah and so that was his choice his choice was to kneel as a matter of fact it is my understanding that he consulted a military personnel i believe it was a green beret to find out how he could most respectfully peacefully protest 
the the flag. Yeah. Well, I think personally that it was a very peaceful and respectful protest. I think that he got a lot of attention, right? right? Which is ultimately what you want when right. you're protesting. Right. Is it's supposed to get attention, bring awareness, bring awareness, create change. Um, I think there's more awareness. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I'm not so sure there's much more change. You but... know, I, you know that's wow. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. No, that's a fact. Just, I mean, I don't want to get on the on that. Uh, I don't want to go off on that tangent. But just the other day in Texas, there was another police shooting. Like, uh, oh my! I mean, I of just, the police. That one, she goes to some dude's apartment and shoots him. Come on! It was her. Come on! Like, Are you serious? Who doesn't know where they live? Have the, a license. And you know what's so funny is there's always a solid excuse. Oh, yeah. And when I say solid, I do not mean valid. Right. <laughs> like, I want to make sure that it is perfectly clear. Oh, yeah. Very clear. You're just going to rock up in another person's house and shoot them talking about I was scared? Yeah. These people who are holding guns yeah. are legit the most scary people I've ever known. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but anyway, I, um, back to the Nike thing. I don't want to go off on that one tangent because that could, we could go on for days. Days. But, you know, Nike standing behind Colin Kaepernick and, and standing behind Serena Williams. I mean, they're supporting two major, major causes Mm -hmm. that are really high profile Mm -hmm. right now. And I mean, that's pretty amazing. It is. It's um and this is a global brand. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I mean they are I heard on the news um this past weekend they were talking about Nike and all of the controversy surrounding it because like you said, there's lots of praise right. but there's lots of criticism. Right. But um you know, um some guy on MSNBC said Nike is on the right side of history. My word, and, they sure are. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? So <clears throat> these people who are um, upset about the fact that Nike is using Colin Kaepernick in their campaign. These are people who have purchased Nike gear and they're like, I'm so mad at Nike. What I'm going to do is burn the product I spent a hundred, two hundred dollars on <laughs> in protest. Hey. But you know what they're doing? They're protesting. Get yours. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you're up, you're you're upset because people are protesting, so you choose to protest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. Cool. I mean, legit. You're you're exercising your right as an American to do so. Yeah. But you're literally doing the thing you're upset at somebody else doing. Right. Wait, what? Yeah, that makes. Absolutely zero sense. Zero sense. Yeah. God bless. But you know, that's the thing I like about Nike is they are following their own mantra. They are choosing to support causes that they believe in, even if it's going to mean that some people are not going to support them anymore. Yeah. But do you know the... The good thing about that, though, is even if it's going to hurt, potentially hurt them, I think in a very small way. Right Correct. Now, yes. 
in the long run, it is going to benefit them big time because yeah. when, hopefully sooner than later, mm-hmm. change is real and mm-hmm. substantial, mm-hmm. they're going to be on top. I agree. So, I mean, they they very smart in how they're handling oh, this. Agreed. So. I mean, think about it, right? Like you just said earlier, you're not a loyalist to any sports brand. Right. But your game now to look for Nike. Yeah. yeah. So they've mobilized you, mm-hmm. a passive purchaser or a passive consumer rather, into an a-, a potentially active consumer who's going to look for their product. Right. And I kind of want to wear Nike all the time now so that somebody <laughs> confronts me and says, why would you wear that? Get and it, girl. And then I can tell them why I wear it. Get it, girl. And, you know, it's just... I don't like to have confrontations with people, but when people are so petty, so petty, you know, I kind of want to just sort of do these subtle little things, you know, that might incite something from someone so that I can kind of tell them like it is, you know? (laughs) Yes. So low key, um, high key, right? High key. (laughs) Definitely high key. (laughs) No, I, I agree. Nike's, Nike's doing it right. They are. They are. And, you know, as far as the the protests that are happening, you know, I think that the attention that they're getting in these protests and that Nike is behind it, it's there's so much positive that uh-huh. can come from that. And, you know, the anything that grabs people's attention, mm-hmm. whether it's positive or negative attention is positive attention. Right. It strokes an emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bringing attention to something and that's huge. Right. And so I think it's, you know, it it's a big win for Serena Williams. Yeah. It's a big win for Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. It's a huge win for Nike. Agreed. So, I don't I mean, I don't know how things are going to play out in the near term, but I think in the long term it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. dream of something the reality of it is not what you dreamed of I feel like we both could probably speak to personal experiences (laughs) in that in that area right absolutely so you know Naomi Osaka winning the U.S. Open was her dream yeah right not only winning the U.S. Open but winning it against her idol Serena Serena Williams. Williams her dream came true along with a lot of booze yeah and how devastating that must be. It's hard. Yeah. I know that um, in my life I've had, you know, fantasies of obviously nothing so big. Big to but, you maybe. And Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like say for instance, I had a fantasy of a vacation, mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. And I think of all these magical, wonderful things that are going to happen on this vacation. Right. And then I get on this vacation and I'm having a good time. Right. It's not a bad time. Sure. (laughs) But man, it was not what I thought it was going to be. And I, you know, I, I always 
look back and think, why did I set myself up for disappointment? Because ultimately, that's what these expectations do, is they set you up for disappointment. You know, I I fantasized about having this perfect, perfect magical vacation, mm-hmm. and my hotel room wasn't what I thought it was going right. to be. The beach wasn't what I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. My uh, travel partners and I argued about something, or they didn't want to do what I wanted to do. Right. Whatever. You know, um, all of a sudden, this fantasy that I was living in leading up to the vacation is ruined. And I don't know, like, granted, it wasn't, it's not at the same level as winning something that you've been dreaming of all right. your life. But before I ask any real questions about the, the depth of that, can you share a story about? Yeah, for um, sure. So professionally speaking, I've gone through a couple of professions in my life at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school initially for nursing and then years down the road, I decided I want to go back to school for accounting. What would make you want to do accounting? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I do know. So like, I got this job. Honestly, it was really more of a bookkeeping job, but I enjoyed it so much. And I thought, oh, if this is what accounting is like, (laughs) let me go pursue my dreams. And I did. Mm -hmm. I went to school. I got my bachelor's and my master's and I got into the profession and I realized this is not for me. Hmm. And I'd work. <laughs> I feel like I'm I, looking in a mirror right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I had worked it up in my mind of what an accounting profession would look like. And on some points it hits, much like Naomi, you know? Yeah. She won the Grand Slam. She put her best foot forward. But the entire picture can sometimes be tarnished by some of the surrounding, either be it dialogue or booze or people, right? So like, I struggle as as an accountant, one of my biggest struggles is, you don't work in a vacuum. You're heavily dependent on people to also do their job Mm -hmm. in order for you to successfully do your job. And one of the things about being an accountant is you're such a rule follower (laughs) because it's ingrained in you, right? I mean, they give you these rules, you follow these rules. And so when either deadlines or the way things are, um, are being structured just isn't in line with what you understand it to be, it makes it, for me, it makes it difficult. And so whereas I sat and I, and before I started, Working in my profession, I used to sit back and think about being an accountant in such a glamorous way. The reality has been far different for me. Mm-hmm. It's been um, a period of discovery where what I'd worked towards diligently for five years, given all of my mental capacity towards, ends up being the thing I don't want to do. Yeah. Dreams That's- and reality don't always pan out to be the same thing. I I am exactly where I expected to be. <laughs> I am. Yeah. But your feelings don't match up they with don't. what you thought they would be. They don't. Yeah. That's kind of depressing. Sometimes the opposite is true. I remember I um, have a serious fear of heights. 
You know what's funny? It's not even a fear of heights. That's not true. I discovered that I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling. Yeah. I have a serious fear of falling. And I remember my mom and I went on this trip after I graduated from school. And my mom wanted, we were in London, and my mom wanted to go on the London Eye. And <laughs> if anyone doesn't know the London Eye, it's a Ferris wheel. It's basically just a big Ferris wheel in a glass tube, basically. How high does it go? Do you um, know? higher than I would like it to go, okay? <laughs> and my mom really wanted to go, and it was just me and my mom. And so I did not want to be a party pooper. But I knew for a fact I was going to die. Like, I, just, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't want to do it, but I got in there with her and they have this little bench where you can sit. And I said, I'm just going to sit on this bench and close my eyes. And my mom was having a grand old time looking out over, uh, over the city. And my mom turned around to me and she said, Naya, we'll only get this chance together once. And so I opened my eyes and I went and I stood, <laughs> I stood beside my mother. And this, what I thought was going to be the most terrifying experience of that trip ended up to be one of the best. Are you serious? Seriously. I, let's be clear. I was still afraid. I was hope, but I was holding on to my mom, uh -huh. which gave me some level of security that if I, not that if I fell, she would fall too, but I wasn't in this. <laughs> <that's very terrible. laughs> But like, if we're going, we're going, we're going together. <laughs> but she was there with me. And yeah. I experienced it with her. And I know now I, I can have memories of that experience yeah. with her. Where I can see her and I'm standing next to her. And it's not just me sitting on a bench with my eyes closed just waiting for this 45 minutes to go by. And I, I don't want to say I'm cured or anything. That's not the case at all. But in that experience... What I thought would have been a nightmare turned out to be quite a spectacular memory. So essentially then what you fantasize about being so wonderful could be not so wonderful and things that you fear are going to be terrible could actually be pretty good. Yeah. So you know what I think that says though? Like seriously, it's about expectations. I think about that a lot because do I do because I know that I have this tendency to dream up this huge fantasy for whatever reason. And you know me, I am not this type of person who lives in la la land. No, not at I'm all. I'm pretty um, neutral, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I totally you don't agree. really see a lot of crazy excitement coming out of mm -hmm. me about things. So, but in my head, there's all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff happening. I may just not be expressing it. And, um, but like, for example, vacations or even, say a date with my husband, you mm -hmm. know, I know we're going out to a fancy restaurant one night and I'm thinking, oh, it is going to be so wonderful. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And it's a good time. Right. What this fantasy I was dreaming about is not realistic. Right. You know, it's not right. that anything wrong, that he did anything wrong, but for whatever reason, I have this fantasy that all of a sudden, Mr. Prince Charming, who <laughs> I never met in my life, right. no offense, but you know, it, it, I know who I married and right. I know what our relationship is. Right. And we have really good moments when mm -hmm. we go out. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that, you know, he's just like, 
doing a slow roll by the door to let me out or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> so I just think like, you know, what makes me think all of a sudden that this man that I know well is going to, you know, go insane and right. do all these ridiculously romantic things mm-hmm. that I wouldn't appreciate in the first place. Right. But in my head, I'm building it up. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, mm, that's nice. But you know you what know? it is, though? You know what it is, or at least what I think it is? I think most of the times, for me, let me just speak for me, when I have expectations that don't line up with reality, it's because somehow I bought into an idea that society is trying to sell me. Yes. Not necessarily that I want, right? But it's an idea that society is trying to sell me. And I buy that mess now, I don't even want to say wholesale. You could mark that bad boy up 75%. I'm like, I'm there. First in line. I want that. But mm-hmm. in reality, I don't. Right. That kind of goes into the conversation we had about giving greeting cards yes. and gifts during holidays, yes. whether it be a birthday, Christmas, right. Valentine's Day, whatever. Um, I buy into that. Right. Why? I don't know. I do. Right. I do. Right. My husband does not. Right. He's a firm believer of, um, I'm not going to be forced to buy you a gift. Exactly. But if I see something that I think you would like, I'm going to get it for you. On whatever day of the year that is. Exactly. Yes. He does not like being forced into giving a gift. It's like being pressured to do something. That Absolutely. Maybe there's nothing that you, that like, typically if I want something, for the most part, unless it's ridiculously expensive, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and get, get it. Get it for yourself. I'm yeah. not going to wait. But, um, so it's hard to find, to, to, you know, oh, oh, Valentine's Day is coming up. What am I going to get my wife? Right. She just bought the so thing and she so wanted yeah. just last week. What, it, you know, so, you know, but I still, whatever, re- for whatever reason, I still get caught up on that. Right. And it's stupid. Well, you know, the thing about it is, And I want to be very clear. So just to give a little background, the conversation we had is I was raised like birthdays. We didn't really celebrate birthdays and we don't really celebrate the holidays in in a commercial sense that a lot of other people do. So when I think of Valentine's Day or I think of I think people also do Easter. I know people do Christmas. People do all these things and it just feels for me, I, I don't feel the pressure to do anything on those days because of the way I was, I came up, right? And I also then don't look for it, for anything. Right. And thankfully so, um, my husband and I are on the same page about that. So cool, we're good. But I will tell you, there have been times when people ask, Hey, so what did you guys do for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, nothing. And they're like, Oh. It makes you feel bad. It makes me feel bad about something I don't care about, though. Like, I, <laughs> like you, know, you, you didn't, you'd never had an emotion about it until somebody all of a sudden was judging you for it. Right. Yeah. And when I say I have zero concern for a Valentine's Day or a Christmas, like zero, but all of a sudden, because society says so. Well, when somebody displays an emotion towards you, it makes you think, oh, wait. It's something, yeah. Something, it's something, something wrong, wrong happened yeah. and I missed it? What? Exactly. Wait, oh man. So I yeah. think, I, and I, so I think uh, a lot of times, let's talk strictly Valentine's Day right now. You hear people 
where there are couples who have some of their biggest arguments on Valentine's Day because <laughs> their expectations, they're silently held, to be clear, very <laughs> silently held. Who are you talking to right now? <laughs> expectations were not met yeah Yeah. and i'm like but i had a great night we had a great conversation we didn't do jack and i'm happy he's happy but you know but society has told other people this is what you must do yeah so i think i think while valentine's day may not be one for me there are other things right like for instance if i go to a restaurant and the expectation that i've been told is that they're going to treat you like you're a princess and they're going to be waiting on you hand and foot. If I turn around and I can't find my waiter, all of a sudden I'm like, this restaurant is trash. Yeah. Because the expectation has been set. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Or, or for instance, if I go on Pinterest and I see Betty Homemaker making the most beautiful DIY home decor. And I go and I give that, follow all of her instructions <laughs> to the T. Okay? I mean, you tell me to paste here, I paste here, I copy. I mean, I am doing everything she's told me to do. And I, and mine turns out looking like... A three-year-old did it? Yeah. Yeah. My expectations somehow are, are blown. But why? Did I, did I wake up this morning all of a sudden with a crafty hand? <laughs> like, I'm very confused, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really about managing your expectations. Yeah, but that's not so easy because it's just... Agreed. It's a, I don't even think it's a conscious thing that's being built up in our minds. You know, like the things that I get upset about or that bother me when I built up these ridiculous expectations in the moment, like I'm not sitting here thinking what is going to happen today that's going to blow my mind, you know, it just sort of is happening in the background. And then all of a sudden, after the fact, I'm upset. And then after I get over being upset, I'm like, well. Why? Where did that even come <laughs> yeah. from? Because I certainly would not have, in my in my right mind, would not have expected whatever I was expecting. Right, right. But it just sort of like this fantasy just starts builds building. Up. But like I don't even know how to I, not do that. To be clear, I agree with you for for whatever my expectations are, and I mean we all have them. So I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have. It, it gives you something to try to either attain or, or to work towards. But I think it's about managing them. Yeah. Managing your response to them. And I'm sounding real high and mighty right now. <laughs> but, like, to be clear, I'll be the first one to, to also catch feelings if something turns out not to be as I expected. But I just, you know, I think if somehow we could coach ourselves or find little pieces of our experiences to be grateful for and focus on that we might be we might change the narrative to where our expectations more align with the reality that the reality that we live yeah but until then i'm gonna need my diy projects to come out exactly like the pinterest girls i think we should just hire the pinterest girls hire the pinterest girls (laughs) that's what they got Thanks for joining the conversation. We're your hosts, Andy Anderson and Naya Tang. If you like this episode, please follow and like us on Facebook at Shut the Door Podcast. Join us next week for another episode of Shut the Door. Dream on, dream on.
Turn!